and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we are talking about the film The Descent with the lovely Ellie Jade. Welcome, Ellie. Hello. So, first off, I ask this to everyone, what is your favorite scary movie? Uh, Jesus Camp. That is terrifying. Film. <laughs> that is terrifying. If you haven't watched it, you're going to have it. No, real answer. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is probably The Conjuring. I really like that. Uh, but it does change regularly. So do you have like a favorite subgenre? Like, so it's spooky supernatural stuff? Your favorite subgenre? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I like, I can pretty much get into anything. And I really appreciate someone spinning something that's not normally considered horror into horror. I love that. Awesome, cool. Well, uh, tell the audience where they can find you on the social media, maybe some projects you're working on, whatever you want to plug right now. Okay, I am tentatively working on some things because depression, (laughs) Um, but I will be making announcements on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Twitter and Instagram is at elliestyles91, E-L-L-I-E-S-T-Y-L-E-S-9-1. And then on Facebook, it's Ellie Jade. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get down to just some general thoughts on the film The Descent. I like seeing women do things that are typically reserved for men. It would have been cool had they had some intersectionality, but like no paid filmmaker does that. So I'm going to have to just put in the universe and let it go again. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, it's part of my hot takes. I don't want to get too far into it, but like, um, I love this group of women going on an adventure together. They don't need a man to be like, let me make sure you're you're okay or whatever. I, I like that about this film. I also realized that um, I'm such a Beth. I'm the one that's like, well, you know, we could just go to a bar. Or like, let me take care of my friends. <laughs> and it's also taught me that I'm very claustrophobic. I'm never going spelunking in my life. <laughs> uh-uh, yeah, Mm-mm. no, no, no. So this film happened. <laughs> it was filmed and produced and it happened. It did. It, they made it onto the screen. It did do that. <laughs> a lot of people watched it. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like this is me after I don't watch a play that I didn't like, but a friend's in it, and they ask me what I think, and I'm like, it was fun. <laughs> I don't even lie to people that much. I'm just like, you did a thing. <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> but I will say that I actually did enjoy this movie. I know that Ellie <laughs> They have thoughts that they, they didn't really like it, but I, I I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was very well. We'll get. It. I don't want to get too much into. Some I mean, I respect everyone who made it. I respect the process. Good for them. Yes, good for them. I'm happy they enjoyed this. Yes, uh, I do want. I think we should mention that the writer director i believe is gay i'm not entirely sure about that but this is being this is covered on the horror queers podcast so there is 
someone involved in it is gay somewhere. And I think I listened to the episode and I believe it's the writer director. If I'm wrong, let me know on the, on the socials and I'll correct it. <laughs> Not just the characters ambiguously. Mm. Well, I got thoughts about that one too, but we're going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that he would have still enlisted possibly a couple of women to help him because oh, I, right. I'm going to end up yelling for the 90th time this podcast, this was written by a man. <laughs> and I hate yelling that. Yeah, anytime I think that you, I mean, not anytime, because there are some really good representation of writer directors. But like, if you're a, if you're going to write and direct, I think that you really need other voices in that writing room or like on set with you because you can get so insular and like put your blinders on to anything else. So, but I don't want to say that that happens all the time because there are some great films that have the same writer director. So, I don't know. That, isn't it Promising Young Woman? Isn't that? Oh, didn't she write direct as well? Yes, she did. Okay. So there are great examples and then there are issues. <laughs> there are great examples when you are writing to the experience that you live. Right. That's what it is. Because again, a lot of the movies we've done here, men are writing, directing, producing the things with strong women and quotation marks. And then it somehow ends up being about a man or there's some sort of like disagreement about a man because they again don't see how we have lives without them, which a lot of us do. And so I'm, I don't have to get the gospel out anymore. I, I don't, yeah. We need to stick to what we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you're not gonna stick to what you know, have someone in the room that can correct you or give you input. And be willing but to it's always Yeah, it is always safer to stick to what you know. That's but, fair venture out of your own world but there's nothing wrong with collaboration i love collaboration it's a good thing all right should we get down to the nitty-gritty let's get down all right my first note is there is a theory i might have done a little research i like to break the rules um there is a theory online that sarah died in the car crash which really is the only thing that makes me accept the rest of this movie. Yes. <laughs> that, that's what ties in with my note, which is everything before the cave is not needed. It makes no sense. Like, right. I actually, you know, I said I enjoy this movie, but I do agree. I don't think we need to see the car crash. I do like the scenes of them in the cabins, but I don't think we need to see anything in the hospital or like the, the car crash or anything like that we get it because they allude to it so much in the script and we get it with the flashback to the daughter with the half birthday cake and all that so i don't think we needed to see it yeah. Yeah. go ahead i'm sorry the theory says that everything after the car crash is either a hallucination in her last moment or it's her personal hell interesting I like that actually. Okay. But I, I feel like this car crash is only there because a lot of writers feel you have to introduce trauma before you get to the horror of trauma and you don't. Like we we don't need her to be traumatized before you throw her in a cave with whatever's about to happen. I, I feel like I waited half the movie for the movie to start. And by the time it started, I was bored. See, I, I disagree because I, once again, like I said, this movie showed me that I'm claustrophobic as fuck. And I think before the monsters are introduced, because the monsters aren't, aren't introduced until about an hour into the film. And that's the uh, <laughs> But I, I was already on the edge of my seat, just in their situation. 
because it's it starts as more of a situational horror film where it's they're stuck they can't go anywhere and juno has fucked them up which i'll get into my thoughts about juno in a minute but um so that's already terrifying to me you know it's, it's the idea of being stuck in the ocean and not you know that's there's a movie where these this couple gets like shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean and they're there they have nothing but their life preservers that's terrifying to me and so i didn't need the monsters until they were introduced i i get that some people would want that earlier but after they're introduced that first hour it is non-stop like just <laughs> action I just feel like there's two different movies at war here. And that's the one with a group of girls going into the caves to do some stuff. We don't really get it why and all that. And then there's the one with the monsters. Because again, if you hold people for an hour and you don't introduce what's gonna actually happen, what are we doing and why? You're, masturb you're masturbating that point. And you're like, look at us, we have film, look at us, we're doing things. And so for us to sit there for an hour, for you to be like, okay, now we'll start the movie. And like, I almost quit so many times and I, I 30 minutes in, I was like, am I watching the wrong movie? And I like Google to make sure I was watching the right movie for today. <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's too long to start your movie. It's just too long. It was like, we're rafting and now we're in a car crash and now we're in a cabin and now we're going into a cave and now we're stuck and now there's monsters. Like what? <laughs> what's happening? Especially because like the relationships weren't even developed in that hour. I know I don't know why any of them talk to each other. I don't. I know about their friendship is that she was like sleeping with her best friend's husband, and that's an issue I have with this movie on top of all my other issues. But like I don't get oh so and so met in college oh so and so is like a sister. It's just like a bunch of women in a cave, which yes, give women more things to do that we typically reserve for men. But also like this hour wasn't even building that. So I got nothing out of this hour other than staring at my screen wondering if this is the right movie. See, again, I totally got all the characters. I got the sisters. I got the friend with Beth and Sarah. Oh, sisters? Yeah. <gasps> Sam and, uh, uh, what's her name? The one that I actually knew much about Spelunky. Gabriella, is that her name? See? The doctor and the- You don't even remember their names though. See? Well, they're they're like minor characters anyway. I don't, it, Ellie, I don't remember anybody's name. You're like, I remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I didn't know they were sisters until you just told me that, that should not be a thing. But see, I totally knew, I totally knew it. I had to watch the movie twice to remember which character was which. Because <laughs> they just were not developed. I don't know. Which is what happens when men write a bunch of women because they don't think to talk to women to be like, what are y'all into? What are you listening to? What, how are your relationships? So they're just like, I'm gonna do this thing because we need more women doing the thing and I'll get pats on the back for that. And it's, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> I'm happy they were employed. I'm happy we have women doing whatever this flunking thing is. I don't really still understand that, but power to them. But I just, it would have been better had they been solidified and had they been fleshed out and had I actually been able to figure out we even had sisters here. Cause I was like, why is anybody fighting for anybody? Because I don't understand if they're even really close friends or if they're acquaintances and this is a book club that's like gone wild. Right. I don't know. Well, I think that some of them were closer than others. You could tell Sarah was close to Beth and Juno. Problematic. But, um, <laughs> and then you have the sisters and what the, the one that I can remember her name uh, is close to Sarah, but then she brought her sister with her and then Juno brought her, her protege, Holly, who... Holly and Sam would give me super queer vibes. <laughs> At the top of this movie, I was like, is this 
supposed to be coded because I don't understand why queer people code themselves. But anyways. I only so, know I only know Sarah and Juno are close because they kept forcing exposition. Because Juno would be like, you're not the one who lost anything, Sarah. And I'm like, that's a bitch thing to say to somebody who's supposed to be your friend. But if not for those like forced little moments, I wouldn't have even known they were friends. <laughs> and that they were supposed to be close. All I knew is she was sleeping with uh, old girl's boyfriend or husband or whatever. Which again, w- women don't always have to end their relationships because of a man. Like a lot of us really just don't give a shit enough about men in order to be like, I'm going to fuck over my best friend. That's not my a friend. thing. Or I'm going to kill her because she's up with my husband. That's not a thing. I, I want to never see this movie again. So I'm happy we're going to talk about it so I can remove it from my memory and purge it and wash it out of my hair. It's going to be great. <laughs> Same. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness. Let me tell you, reading this outline made me feel so much more confident in my opinions about this movie. <laughs> right? Right? No. Like, I, I get that this was like over a decade ago. And so like people were still very much happy for breadcrumbs. But even so, I'm like, damn, y'all. Y'all could have asked for more. <laughs> Y'all should have asked for more. <laughs> yeah. These breadcrumbs are stale. They're, they're stale. And I had to fight a rat for them. So I'm not oh, having okay. breadcrumbs. What? Okay. It bit me. <laughs> it had attitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My next point, this movie is representative of the terrible horror movies from the aughts or not, whatever you want to call them. Um, For instance, the bad CGI, I mean, it wasn't horrible for the time. It's, It's still really cheesy. Underdeveloped ideas, not just the characters were underdeveloped. A lot of the situations were, it just wasn't really fleshed out, I don't think. And a lot of areas of the script were just cheesy. I do agree about the underdeveloped ideas. I don't agree with underdeveloped characters because I disagree there. But the idea is like they could have taken further, like, are these the the people of the mind or are these who are these creatures? But they have the the painting on the cave wall, um, and they have the dead deer leading so the whole time they're kind of foreshadowing that there's something else in these woods and caves. They just don't show you what that is. Um, for an hour. For, I, yeah. But, they're, I, I, but well, I and wish- then when we do get them, they never really, like, they're not consistent with what they are. Like, they're blind, but they hunt by sound, but sometimes they can detect people that are right in front of them and sometimes they can't. I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I, when the monsters came out, I was like, is this gonna get exciting? And then it didn't. Like, <laughs> it didn't. And it was, all of their fights were also shot as if it was an action film. And so you're getting like these like quick cuts and these quick like shots of things. And you're like, I can't even, you're, I, you won't even let me try and terrify myself of what you've given me. So like, why am I here? Right, right. And they were humanoid-ish, and but we don't know the reason why, but we know other people have died down here. And, and they, not, have, they definitely have peepees and boobies. I saw that. Right? Which was a choice. <laughs> so many choices. 
<laughs> and I was like, so you don't like gender, your humanoid monsters that you don't know anything else about other than they might be blind. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so much man in the script. So much man. <laughs> so one area that I do think I was in the script that I was like, what? I don't, I don't know. No, I'm not following you here. So the whole time before leading up to going to the caves, specifically Holly and Sam have a whole conversation about how the cave that they're going to be going through is kind of like a tourist cave. Like it's not real adventure-y. But when they're going to the cave, no one asks why they're in the middle of nowhere and no one is around and there's no other people. And like, because we, we later found out that Juno screwed them all and brought them to a different cave. One of my notes. <laughs> but why weren't the other characters being like, hey, Juno, why are there no other cars here? Why is there not a parking lot? Why is there not? <laughs> one, of my all right. one of my notes. What kind of a sociopath changes the location and doesn't tell anybody? Also, I met it was Juno because Juno not only changed the location, so they all got murdered, but was also having the affair. And it's also the only woman of color in this group. And I'm just like, that's a lot to put on your one character of color. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I have a note about Juno too. Like, I enjoy, again, we talked about this in a couple of movies, but I enjoy when there's a complicated female character because we typically don't get that. I do, I do agree with you. It shouldn't be your one woman of color 100%. But I do like that there is a, a complicated because, like, I don't hate Juno. Now, I don't necessarily agree with what she did by any stretch. But like, when those monsters are attacking, she's the only one that can kind of hold her own. Besides maybe Sarah. I don't care enough about any of them to hate anybody or like anybody, and that's my problem. Is it's this is like it's like bread. It's like okay, you gave me bread. You didn't give me butter or anything, but it's with my meal. I'll take it. I might eat it. I might toss it. That's what this movie is. It's the bread that comes with my meal. Yeah, I yeah, I felt really bad when Juno killed Beth. That. <laughs> my other issue again: the woman of color accidentally gets somebody in the neck and then leaves her. And I'm just like, so we have one woman of color and we won't let her have any sort of redemption anywhere, shape or form. Cause like nobody else gets any sort of like plot or arc or anything. Not even Sarah, who's our lead, I think. <laughs> but like Juno's fucking up everything for everybody. And even her reasoning, literally don't invite a woman of color just to be the chaos. Do better with your script. But also her picking this random cave, nobody and telling nobody was so she could fix her relationship with Sarah, how? What kind of logic is that? We all know women. Some of us are women. Like, who does this? Explain this to me, somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna really? see walls to patch it up. Cause I haven't seen you in a while, Ellie. So I'm gonna take us to a randomly hidden cave. <laughs> so we can rebond. And that's cool, right? Maybe my kids as well, who knows? Yeah, that's how we do that. Cause we're women. <laughs> just, no. I hate this movie. That's why I just about that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we already kind of talked about it, how um, confusing the creature characters were. Like in, in some areas, they would just pop out of nowhere when our characters, when our human characters were being quiet. And there were times when the human characters would be yelling, screaming 10 feet away from them. And they're just like, oh, I'm just chewing on my little Rottweiler or whatever. And like, what's going on here? Yeah, the one, there was one moment that I was confused by, by the creatures. It's when, I think it's Sarah. 
It may be one of the other girls. But yeah, it's Sarah. She gets like in that pool of blood or whatever it is. And suddenly this this other, then the other female, I think it's one of the female creatures, can like find her, but she's not making a sound. But wait, hold on. Something just came to me. They say, Sam says uh, earlier in the film that they, they, they're like bats. They use ec- whatever that's called, echo, whatever you want to call it. So you wouldn't have to be making sound to they have to make sound and bounces off of you and like them. Well, I mean, actually, the writer had this educated woman saying they hunt with sound. She didn't even use the word echolocation. She said they hunt like bats. Because <laughs> again, these women are not developed. And so we imagine they went to like school and things, but they are like, oh, we're going to climb the rocky thing with our ropey thing. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, all this upper body strength and all this like supposed like brilliance and we don't have words because we're in a right. cave kind of men friendship spiking people lost and eaten by humanoids. Also, Which, what were these creatures eating in between the last group that came down here and this group? There's a lot out, of them. They go out and, eat, and that's they were eating the deer and stuff. That's why you saw those dead deers in the beginning of the film. Okay. How can I they echolocate outside of the cave? Can they, is that a thing? Yeah, they have that hole that Sarah clogs out of that's covered in bones. Yeah, I mean, I don't know nothing about no echolocation, but I thought it only worked inside of a cave. Bats use it outside of caves. That's how they get bugs and don't hit trees. Okay, well, I'll accept that. <laughs> the fact that we got to play a raggedy game of find a word and tic-tac-toe to make things make sense lets me know. <laughs> the script is not good. It made, it made I didn't sense. have to phone a friend to find an answer. <laughs> Should be on the page. <laughs> Where did they get this dead Rottweiler? In the woods. I don't remember there being a Rottweiler, but in the woods. <laughs> this jewelry dog is just trotting around in the woods. Somebody is missing Fido, and they're going to be missing him for a long time. <laughs> I guess so. He got it up. This movie got a sequel. This movie got a sequel. Just so we're I saw that. And I have not watched the sequel, but I won't. I refuse. What? uh, On the horror podcast, they talk about how terrible it is. (laughs) I mean, if this is a prelude, (laughs) that's not the movie for me. (laughs) And a lot of people with decent scripts can't get the first movie made. And so I just also want to put that out in the universe. Maybe the ideas will be developed by the second movie. Mm. They weren't, apparently. No, no. I've heard they weren't. (laughs) This is a movie of mysteries. (laughs) I started watching this movie and I said, oh man, I'm going to have to go on this podcast and shit all over this movie. (laughs) That's me most Saturdays. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I really do feel like we have this dynamic where I am like, this is trash. And Trin is like, but this is savable. Yeah, so it's good because people know we're not just like pandering to people and being like, oh yeah, no, we're fans of so-and-so. It's like, no, we got real thoughts. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. And concerns. So many concerns. And, and typically, I still agree with most of Sheree's critiques. I just still find it fun. <laughs> I, I can't find, I can't find movies that are not doing women justice 
fun anymore. I'm just beyond that. It's part of the reason why when we went back for the craft, that's my last time watching that because I saw the problems now that I'm an older person. When I was a kid and we, of course, only had the breadcrumbs, I was like, yay, witches, women. But then I'm just like, really good, sir? This is how you're going to handle this? <laughs> and so I, I feel like it's just also part of a different experience is that like this bothers me on so many fucking levels. And a lot of the friends I have who like it are men. Cause like me and one of my friends were texting about it yesterday after I watched it. Cause I know he likes it. And I'm like, why do you like this? <laughs> so like, we had a full on text exchange. He was like, you right, you right. I should probably revisit that. Cause I have not seen it in a while, but all of this. Yeah. I remember all of this. It, it is. Mm. So yeah. yeah. I was surprised. Cause even as someone who likes the film, when I went on to uh, Letterboxd to do my written review of it, I think I gave it like three and a half out of five stars. But like that was out of out of the ones that I followed, that was the lowest rated. Oh, you know what? I liked the makeup. I liked the special effects makeup. That was good. Yes. When it covered her in blood, I was like, oh, we're going to go somewhere. And then we went all the places I didn't care for us to go. <laughs> Something positive. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this ending because there's two versions. There's the U.S. ending and the U.K. ending. I had a note before that, if I could just cut you real quick. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I Actually, I kind of already said it. But like once we're in the cave, it takes too long to get to the monsters. And I started playing on my phone because, again, you can't promise us a horror movie with monsters and then wait until the last 30 minutes to show us some death. Because it was just women climbing and I was like that's cool but I don't really want to see this this is a Disney movie at this point with a little bit of trauma at the top which is actually a Disney movie yeah like before <laughs> before about an hour and 10 when the monster show up this could have been a Disney movie with some swear words like let's be honest well and then when they did show up we just saw them peeking around in the corner and then for the next 20 minutes they were doing interpretive dance <laughs> like what's, what's happening <laughs> and you have their rhythm but like also like is this a movie or is this not a movie what are we doing i was I, like dang i wish i could drop down to the ground like that <laughs> <laughs> that was right. kind of cool <laughs> i felt like i was being held against my will in my own room watching this movie i like, wanted to stop it so many times <laughs> i literally i had to I think I tried two or three times to watch it before I actually watched it the first time. I made peace with the fact that I am not meant to know what's going on and who's who. <laughs> like, he doesn't want us to know, did not care. He was like, I'm doing a thing and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you go, good sir, you go. But also, I would not be giving you any more money. Even though I hope you've grown as an artist because we're still doing this kind of shit in 2021 and we got to have a different conversation. I mean, he did work on Game of Thrones. So he has not grown. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I should not be giving him money. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I hate everything. Go on. How about the ending? Uh, we already talked about what story are they trying to tell. Oh, people in horror movies hate IVs. <laughs> Every time someone in a horror movie or even an action movie wakes up in the hospital First thing they do, rip out the IVs and run down the hallway. They got places to be. That oh, which feels good. to another point. What was the choice of the lights going off down the hallway? Yeah, that was weird. That was not needed. And why was Juno in the car at the end? Again, 
I don't know. <laughs> on top of everything else, this movie tried to have too many endings on top of everything else they did to us. And I'm end your movie and have that be the ending. Don't give us three other endings. Don't give us two other endings. End that shit. End it. it. Was like she died when she fell or she got out and got into the car. Those are it. That's it. It was the journey. You had a whole hour of time to scare us and you didn't. But now that we could be watching the credits, you want to try to scare us. And it's not effective anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and I think, I think that for some reason, he thought that he needed some like psychological trauma response because he because he had that weird dream sequence where she's running the lights are going off then you continually go and then that one time in the cabin and she's looking out the window and the barbed wire goes through her head um then you had the moments with the daughter and the birthday cake and then and then the do no thing at the end i don't think it was needed um i don't know why it was there there was just a lot of stuff yeah I will agree with that. There was a lot of, it was like he was throwing the spaghetti at the wall and see what was this. Yeah. It's like, it's like that first time you tried to accessorize and you put on all the things you own and you walk out your house and you got like nine belts and like all your earrings and like two different layers of gloves and you're like, I got this, but you're sweating and you, nobody can tell you anything because you feel you fierce. That's what he did. <laughs> And, and I was like, good sir. Good sir, you're wearing five hats. <laughs> you're wearing five hats and it's summer. You can take four off at least. And he's like, no, no, I'm an artist. <laughs> Did you, you say doing? put on a bracelet? <laughs> right? Some bangles on this arm, but I can still lift this one. <laughs> and it's like, good sir. <laughs> Again, I think he would have just been more, he needed more people in the room. 100%. So people to say no. Yes. Or people to say, how about this other option that is better? (laughs) Like from what this movie is, I feel like had he hired a woman consultant, he wouldn't have listened to her because he has a very patriarchal way of looking at women is what I'm picking up from what I do know of these characters, which is very little because he reduced their relationships again to being about Sarah's husband and Juno's affair with the husband. And why? On top of everything else you've done to me in this movie, you're going to reduce it to that because you can imagine the world. It's Sarah, other than Paul's wife and Jessica's mom. Like, right. That I will agree that Sarah was the least developed character out of all of them. She had nothing other than the trauma and Juno having slept with her husband. That was it. Because again, when you have male writers, they have to find a way to insert men into it no matter what. Like, we didn't need Paul. We didn't need him up top. We didn't need this affair. We did not need him. We could have had this be completely women and it still would have been a shit show, but at least I wouldn't be able to come at it for doing that because that's some sexist bullshit to be like, how can we find a way to make it about a man so we can have women have a reason to be here? And we we don't need men to have reasons to do anything. I... Men only cause more trouble. <laughs> like, we don't need them. I, most of my friends, actually all of my friends, we don't get on the phone or text or a group thread to talk about men. We talk about other shit. We talk about life. We talk about, like, hobbies. We talk about movies. We talk about what we're doing as people. We're not just like, who's the last man we all know so we can talk about him so we have a reason to talk to each other. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And also, like, what is that friendship if you are having an affair with your husband? 
But also, who are you if you're willing to kill a woman who was sleeping with your bitch ass husband to begin with? <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with you on that. The script is trash. I just, I, I don't know this man. I hope we never meet because I don't think he likes women and I don't like people who don't like women. So here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into the U.S. ending versus the U.K. ending. I, yeah. Trey, you have more specific thoughts than I do <laughs> about this. So like neither ending would fix this, but the American version specifically is somehow more confusing Whereas the UK one lets us know she's still in the cave, she's hallucinating. And I feel like that is a better ending because it means nobody gets out as opposed to the American one, which is like, some of you might want hope. We, we don't need hope. I just watched a really beautiful movie before we got on here and it does not end the way we all think it's going to. And that's a better, stronger choice. I feel like America always has to ruin things by having the hope. Like even like um, Little Shop of Horrors, the American ending, that's bullshit. Like the other ending, the original ending that was changed for American audiences, <laughs> um, where the plants eat everything and take over the world, that's a choice that I could stand for. That I'll send up and clap for. And so stop calling America because America keeps asking you to call her and you keep doing it and we keep having shit movies. <laughs> See, I am, so I've said in the past on this, in this podcast that I do, I don't like when everything is super bleak in horror films. That's part of the reason why I have a hard time getting into films like The Witch or like Midsummer or Hereditary, where everything is just so like dark and the ending is dark and everything is like it, I. It's not always for me, but I do agree with this film. It needed the UK version. I think that the US version could have worked if there wasn't that weird Juno appearance at the end. If she just got in her car and left, okay, one person survived. I will say that that performance, um, I don't remember the actress's name, um, that performance of her leaving the cave was the only one that felt real to me in the whole movie. She was was also happy to escape this mess, and I think it showed. (laughs) Yes. I liked that performance, and everything else was just a little off. Yeah, so I, yeah, I agree though that I think the UK version would have served this film a little bit better. To give UK credit, they, I know they don't do a lot of horror, um, but to give them credit when they do do horror, they let that shit end realistically because life doesn't wrap things up with a cute little bow and send us all in our way, clearly, because we're all living and we know this. And so I like a movie that doesn't like shy away from that. I want more realistic endings. I want it to end bleakly. I want it to be like they tried. Also, it makes it not predictable. And I'm tired of sitting down for a movie and five minutes later knowing what's going to happen beat by beat by beat. That bores me. It does not turn me on. I don't want to give you more money for the sequels because you're always going to make 18 sequels because nothing can ever just end. But (laughs) if I can sit there and be like, well, she's going to do that and he's going to say that and then they're going to end it here. I don't, why am I there? Yeah. You're wasting my time. Right? Right? And I feel like movies either do that or they go for the shock value, like hostile and other bullshit, where it's just like, let's be gross and wild. And it's like, no, there's a place in between <laughs> where you can give us something we can't predict, but it's also not just like you doing shit just because. Right. And I want more of those movies. I want more movies with 
plots that make sense and then give us an ending that justifies what these people have been through. Give me something psychologically disturbing that will mess me up as I walk away from it. Because those are the ones that sit with you. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's a reason, like, Promising Young Woman and, like, oh, I'm drawing blanks. We've seen some shit that ends badly. But there's a reason those stay hereditary. There's a reason those movies stay with you. And it's because, like, there is no happy ending. So, like, you try to guess that what's going to happen. And they're like, no, you're welcome. This is more realistic and true to the character arc as opposed to what America's going to want. And I love that because I typically don't want what America wants. And it's been an ongoing issue my entire life. (laughs) I don't want a happy ending in a happy movie. Right? Right? (laughs) You let that dog go to the vet. You you let them. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) All right. Should we get down to some hot takes? (laughs) What's Elliot (laughs) Drake? <laughs> you broke me with that. <laughs> oh, that was fun. I'm good. Are we good? Okay. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get down to some hot takes. Uh, my hot take was Neil Marshall ruined a decent concept. And just he just took something that could have been good and just turned it into trash. Agreed. Agreed. I I wonder what this movie could have been had this script been given to a woman to fix and then direct. Because like a lot of our a lot of the films we agree on are written by women, if you think about it. Because you have like the Babadook, you have a like promising young woman, you have like um the love witch and everything else we did in March and like Eve's by you. And for some reason, only women in Hollywood get to actually be true to women characters. And I don't know what that wall is. I don't know if it's a movement. I, I don't know. But I need more of that. I think women also innately can walk that line of being truthful, but still keeping some kind of, it's not hope. I, I, like I'm going back to the end of uh, like Promising Young Woman, where like, so it's not all just like, weight on you know what i mean it's not all dark and gloom and nothing is right in the world or or anything there's a there's a fine line that i think that the writer director walked very well in that film specifically i didn't get hope from it but again i think that's just a different experience situation i don't think hope hope is the right word i didn't didn't get hope from it either but i thought it wasn't i didn't just feel like everything is shit you know what i mean like i wasn't didn't walk away from that movie being like I don't know. I, it, it, it felt different than like Hereditary or The Witch or something like that. I felt like everything was shit though. I, I did. And I was like, I'm happy that his wedding is fucked up and his life might be delayed for a minute. But also like, unfortunately, because it's such a realistic movie and we know how it ends in the real world, I, I don't get to walk away from that going, just is going to be served because that's not the world and that's not the movie. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, and then the descent just didn't offer any of that. No. <laughs> or like anything. And really, the ending with Juno, it doesn't give you any hope either because she's still being haunted supernaturally now. <laughs> In the UK version, she's going to be haunted by her daughter. And I, 
there is no winning with Sarah's character because again, they didn't develop her and they needed to attach a man to this so badly that that was her purpose. She's like, she's like, they used her as the bagel to get you the cream cheese. Cause it has to be about a man. We have to weave a man into it. Cause you can't just have women doing shit and like having adventures and getting murdered by humanoids. There's gotta be a man somewhere in the center of it or it doesn't make sense because men won't understand. Fuck men. <laughs> Fuck them. My actual hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Juno's <laughs> affair with Sarah's husband then Sarah killing her after letting her know she knows I'm just I'm tired of men writing women and I I'm tired of having to yell this was written by men I'm tired of movies that keep doing this to me and then people being like why don't you like it and it's like because it's not meant for me it's meant for the male gaze again yeah that was really heavy-handed like why and it wasn't really earned. Nothing in this movie was. Because you don't, you don't get, we don't really even see any of the relationship between Sarah and her husband. So we don't, were they, it didn't seem like they were very close in that two second car scene. So like, I don't she, know. She literally turned to him to be like, you seem off. And then they were all like in a car wreck, which again, like stop checking on your husband. He's a grown ass man. He should be able to use his words. Drive your car. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't her. It didn't like, yeah, I agree. That wasn't that was not a good moment. Yeah, I was watching that going, why is no one looking at the road? Because a man was upset and that has to be the focus. <laughs> fuck traffic, <laughs> fuck driving. He seems upset. Let us upend our whole world to see what's wrong with him. Because this is a movie about women going into a cave, so he matters. He's about to die in two seconds, but he matters. He matters. He's the reason for the season. We know who he is and what he's doing, but we don't know anything about all these other women. We have six. We got six women in this cave. I know nothing about any of them. I just found out two of them were sisters, but we know enough about him. We know he had a daughter. He was married. He was having an affair with the wife's friend. His name was Paul. Um, he died because his car crashed, which we're going to blame on his wife, even though technically it was sort of his fault, too. And look, I just, it's his you like movie. like the turtleneck? Right? It's his movie. It's like, it's like the Wonder Woman sequel, where it's mostly Steve's movie. And it's like, for who? He's not Wonder Woman. If he's Wonder Woman, make that thesis. Make an argument and give me that. But like, if you're not going to like give him a lasso of truth, let him go. Those yeah. are my thoughts. So my hot take, I'm all for an all-female cast, but I wish there were more diversity in the cast, as in one Latinx character does not cut it. And I get that this was 2005, whatever. If it had been fixed by now, I might not have this hot take, but it clearly hasn't. And so I think it still needs to be said. And I know Sheree talked about it at the beginning of the, of the, of the episode, but it just doesn't cut it. Mm-mm. Plain and simple. I've had many... Go ahead. We see like eight people in this movie and there's not one black person. How are you going to have all these people, even in the hospital? Like, right. like nobody cannot be white. Nobody cannot be straight. Like, <laughs> I don't understand this world. This is not my, even in Podunk, Indiana, like there's some diversity here. We all want to leave. Yes. But like, <laughs> we, we're, we're everywhere. And I don't know why Hollywood can't see us. So they're just like, we're gonna do a thing and it's gonna be white feminism. That's the only feminism we can do. And it's like, but then just don't do it. I'd rather you just not, don't. Well, and it would be super easy to make one of those, one of the fem- one of the women a lesbian or bi or 
not binary or whatever. But, and not white. That's so easy. It's so easy to not find. It's so easy to find an actor who's not white. It's easy. I don't know why people. And keep the one non-white mind. actor they had is white passing. I had to Google names because I was like, were they all white for my hot take? <laughs> and like, no. Yeah. But again, that wasn't even that wasn't even brought up because she was like one of the white girls, and so like, and we don't even know how she identifies. We don't know if she is like I'm biracial or if she's like I'm going to claim this particular part of my identity. We don't know that, and so I feel like that's part of the reason she was cast. Like, I don't think she was cast. They could be like, we're going to like not have a bunch of white people. I think she was cast, and they're like, oh, her last name is this. That's cool. Right, right. We look better. Well, and yeah, because she it smells like. Then they gave her the part where she's the adulterous friend who accidentally kills a, a white woman. And, you know, like, so clearly there wasn't much. Believes her. Which, right. again, what kind of friendships are these? If I accidentally kill somebody and they ask me to stay, I'm going to stay because I feel like a person and I have a soul. I'm going to be like, I fucked up. The least I can do is hold your hand or try and get you out. But she was like, uh, I'm going to tell people you died. Good luck with these humanoids. Well, <laughs> to give the full rundown, she was sleeping with old girl's boyfriend. She took them to the wrong cave. She accidentally killed this girl and then left her and then lied about it. Yeah. Like, why? So, yeah, there, there wasn't much intention made in that casting decision to begin with. We keep inviting people of color to things just to be the villain. So we can say we're doing better. And that needs to stop. I'd rather you not invite us than invite us to do the, all the bullshit that you don't want to put on a white character so you can feel good at night. Like, that's just, I I do not know this writer, director, but I don't want to from this movie. And if he does have an apology floating somewhere, I really don't want to. Which is why I'm happy I will never be watching this again. And I'm happy I never pay for it because it was streaming everywhere for free, as it should be, because this is not a movie to pay for. Yeah, people see these these characters that don't look like them that aren't like them doing these terrible things and then they put those characters on the people that they see around them that look like that exactly exactly which is why like i i can't support tina fey anymore because tina fey has an issue with asian actors kimmy schmidt and people told her about it and she doubled down and i was like tina your white feminism is showing don't do this and she's like another two seasons she also wrote anti-intersex jokes and slurs into Baby Mama and probably other films as well. White feminism at its finest because white feminism is the only feminism we knew for so long because it was like, oh yeah, the suffrages. But if you look at it closely, the suffrages weren't fighting for everybody. They're fighting for white women to vote. And only white women who look a certain way and were born a certain way and fuck the rest of us. Let's just invite everyone to the table. That's what feminism should and could be. And <laughs> again, this movie is not feminism because again, you have this like white man who may or may not be gay. I don't know. But he's definitely like celebrating his privilege by being like, let me put together this like shit fest and say it's women helm so I feel good about myself because I'm not like everybody else. But you are clearly because it's all over this fucking script. I keep gesturing like the script is in front of me and it's not, it's just our outline. <laughs> But I'm really mad. <laughs> well, all right. Let's leave the descent and let's leave the descent descended into the tunnels. Send <laughs> it straight to hell. Send it straight to hell. And not the cute little Nas X hell either, but like a real hell. Like send it there. Don't call it by its name. Right? Do not call this by its name. 
All right. Uh, thank you, Ellie, for coming on this journey with us. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. Oh, such a better movie next time. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> I would like to not shit on something. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do better next time. Like We'll have like three references for it, whatever it is. <laughs> so next week, we're covering Run with Chandra... I'm going to do that again because I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Next week, we're, we're covering Run with Chandler Bullock. And that's going to continue our month-long investigation to find out where my girl's at. I, we have to post this song so people remember it because I feel like they won't or they're too young to know what it is. Oh, not too young, Sheree. We're not that old. <laughs> these, babies are out, these babies are out here like, who? What? There were black girl groups in the early aughts. What? And I'm like, they were in Bring It On. Listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.